Hi there, I am Tanya Marba and welcome to a brand new episode of Insuring India, a podcast by Digital Insurance. When thinking of financial planning, people prioritize short-term returns over long-term. One of the biggest reasons for this is said to be because the mind doesn't function logically when it comes to complicated choices, which is often the case with financial decisions. Which is why we have with us Dr. Ashlesha Kerekar, who has worked extensively in the area of understanding human biases with respect to long-term financial planning. Welcome, Dr. Ashlesha, and thank you for joining us today. Thank you, Tanya. Thank you for having me. All right. So, Dr. Ashlesha, um, people choose to spend their limited funds for low short-term returns over important long-term ones like, you know, where you specially worked on retirement planning. So how does the mind really function here, which makes these illogical choices, if I can say that? So I don't, I don't, first of all, they're not really illogical. There is a logic, but right. it's not the logic that we have been taught, uh, right. to, you know, in the popular uh, scene. So right. people are making a choice, right? Um, between spending their money right now or saving it and spending it later. Correct. So like you said about retirement planning, so I have to choose if I am making X amount of money as my monthly income, I have to choose how decide how to spend that money. And what happens with in the mind, the the cognitive process that happens is that we we are very visual. So 33 percent of our brain function is focused on visuals. Right. So we think with images. Right. So the, what happens is when we have the image uh, of something which is in the near future, when we start thinking about that, those images tend to come up in more detail. Absolutely. Right? And the images that come for something which is, you know, like retirement, which could be 30 years, 20 years away, right? right. Those are very abstract and not at all in detail. So yeah. then what happens is that the images that you see in detail, they have right. more emotional a response from you sure rather sure. than the ones that you see far away so when you right. get that emotional response and let's say you are thinking about oh i need to spend my money to buy something which is going to give me pleasure today correct right then that emotional response is very strong so the decision weight when you're choosing between the current choice and the one in the future the decision weight is more for the one now and we are, you know, that's how our mind works. So we are kind of wired for immediate gratification. Right. 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 So that is why people have a tendency. We call it, there's a bias. The cognitive bias is called present bias. So we yeah. have a preference for consuming in the present because sure. we are wired for immediate gratification. And, right. you know, so this is, this is why it's difficult to save. And in yeah. our current context, you know, we've got so many avenues in which to spend our money. And social right. media is always throwing, you know, you spend on this, spend on this, spend on this. So right. it becomes hard. The temptation is more. And so the self-control becomes difficult and we can't or we tend not to save or we procrastinate saving. You know, uh, so I do understand, you know, there's a human mind which says I'm emotional about the current concept of self that I see right now. And even for my family, for that matter, you know, I would rather give them a holiday and a good experience over, you know, Mm -hmm. probably giving them something which is going to see results 20 years down the line and probably when it it comes to insurance, not even see that happening sometimes, right? Mm -hmm. So, 
how does one and you do work a lot in the aspect of framing these choices how does how do these financial choices be framed better so that mm-hmm. this emotional part of my brain can also for work in a future perspective so mm-hmm. how do we maneuver uh, you know between these two aspects like thinking about your future self as well as not or basically being able to apportion something out of my uh, immediate gratification for the future so framing um, basically it means that you know the way in which the choice is presented to the decision maker right right so uh, that so that happens in two ways so one way is that me and myself as a decision maker i can create the frame for myself make my own choices like okay this is what i have to choose from i do it for myself right right the right. other one is it's externally generated by say the service provider right right if we talk about insurance so what happens is if you give it to me as a service provider it's externally generated i will just blindly go with whatever frame you give me that's the way my again my brain is wired just to accept what is that whatever is given to me is true sure okay and you know we we do not like to put cognitive pressure on our minds so we don't like to take the effort so it's just easier to go with what you gave me we call it choice architecture sure right so that includes even the words which you use uh you know when you're uh, gi- giving the choice to your client any visual representations like graphics or images or videos all of that will come into your choice frame sure sure right all so, right uh, that is so that is one part of it so the frame that i make for myself or that i see from someone else that influences my choice very much so are we saying that you know uh, if the frame of reference that i'm thinking as of now is my family you know like i have a son so this context right is my son's uh, well being in the current okay. frame of time right. and is right. that education and are you saying that the, we change that frame of reference to say uh, maybe 10 years down the line when the child will be in the in, in his teens and mm-hmm. will be be some challenges there will be you know external factors like pollution etc that will go up there will be some i hope never it never happens but maybe more epidemic pandemic that comes up is that the frame that you're talking about no i'm uh, that is context and sure. when you're talking about your children is always a very emotional decision so you should like just know that you're going to be emotional about this and right. the context i'm saying is like okay what are you choosing from what are the products that you're choosing from for like say insurance or financial products sure. right yeah. so the ones who are say your financial advisor may give you a list right. of, you know a list of things that you can choose from so that sure. is the frame the choice architecture when you sure. are being presented with the choices that is the frame sure. i'm talking about so but but ashlesha how do we still overcome the uh you know emotional gratification that i'm getting or the emotional visualization that you were talking about mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i feel more instant and more now how do i make that visualization for my future self see emotions are always there. i think it's better that we just accept that we are emotional instead right. of trying to tell ourselves that no we are neutral and rational like you know that is one thing and we also have you know the planner versus doer like you said about future mm-hmm. self right Yes. so the the one the planner is like when you are in a neutral state like when you're not emotional about anything that's the best time to make financial decisions as the one who is spending the money or making the decision so when you are in a neutral state you can do your planning sure and you have to uh, 
like assume that when your future self is the doer who has right. to stick to the plan and that person can be emotional right right it's you only but you can be emotional so how do you, you know. make the plan so that even if you are emotional you cannot like you just make it difficult to undo the plan sure sure so it's almost getting myself into two humans one is the yes, person yes, yes, the other person is the doer so i split yeah. it out and you know i right now i'm planning for my future self right all right all right so let's plan rationally and then let the doer be emotional but your plan is assuming he is emotional or she is emotional and so, so you don't give them any it's like making it difficult like if you have an sip or something like this for an automatic debit from your savings account you just make right. it difficult for them to undo that correct correct so that it stays that's interesting that's really interesting uh so shlesha there's another concept especially for our insurers uh you know it really comes into play which is called optimism bias and uh, it's and when i talk about health insurance it even gets bigger because i'm talking about a category which is probably not mandatory to right. buy but i have to it is necessary mm-hmm. i do understand you know the importance of it and especially with you know the current context of how a lot of people saw a lot of hospitalization in their families etc people do understand that it is important but yet you know like now the pandemic has started to settle down i again get into this optimism bias that i am healthy nothing mm-hmm. is going to happen to me mm-hmm. right and i choose to you know think i kind of you know give a blind eye to the other aspect so how do you overcome uh, this through some choiceful uh, framing in the way we offer the different products or say health okay. insurance to people yeah so where the person is coming from or where people come from um, there is a, a phrase termed you know by dr daniel kahneman so it says what you what you see is all there is Okay right. so it's like whatever is in front of you that is all the information that you use to make your choice or to make your financial decision so it's okay. like if there you just disregard anything which is beyond your little box of information right. right all right so that's from what you're asking like this is how people are thinking the second right. other part is that we have a bias called overconfidence right okay so what that means is that we we kind of assume that there are so many factors which are under our control which actually are not so because you have led a healthy lifestyle and you have been healthy till today right doesn't mean that something cannot happen in the future right but because so even if the you are healthy today could be uh, the result of multiple variables right, right. but right. you just assume it's all because of you Understood. and therefore you know people like i don't need it I'm right. healthy now. I'm going to continue to maintain my healthy lifestyle, so I don't need it. So they kind of ignore. So right. it's important that you know it's brought to their attention. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know that there are other outcomes which are possible even if you're healthy now. So right. as you said, for the service uh, insurance providers, you need to uh, in some way show that okay, you know there are things because we rely a lot on our memory to make decisions as well. Right. Okay so like you said about when there was covid around and then the insurer some insurers came out with special covid policies right then they got eaten up i mean the market like was very uh, eager for those policies because of the situation and that was thanks to the how easy it was to remember or recall that okay this this is a 
you know is around and there are problems with hospitalization medicine everything let me be safe and buy the policy right right but now that all of that is over it's out of you know it's out of your uh, mind is shifted to other news basically but yeah. it's important that so then you show outcomes right, right. that okay these even though you know at this age this tends to happen or statistics that mm. uh, you know men of a particular age i, I don't know i'm not a medical, medical person at all but you know at this mm. generally men at this age start suffering from something something you know Absolutely. that way that so, kind of brings it to their attention again it's interesting that you spoke about numbers and statistics uh between uh, two options which is you know when we convince someone with statistics versus you know one of the biases that people have which is a like me bias when you mm. think about people just like you which of mm. these two things do you think from a financial planning point of view people uh, you know get affected with more uh, is it listening to stories or with about people just like them or is it mm-hmm. more about larger numbers uh, that they see in that category it's a really good question but i think the like me one probably will hold more sway over an individual sure because right. we we like to belong to groups you know that if that group is like me and they're behaving in a particular way or you know buying a particular product i right. will also do that whatever the other people are doing right. because sometimes the statistics numbers becomes uh, abstract or you know i can't relate to it we were talking about the covid uh, wave and how it actually so a similar wave of health insurance also going up uh, how to make the people who basically made a decision which was financially sound not just mm-hmm. with the context that you were mentioning about a certain pandemic going on but how do people stick to financial decision making and i, I and you did mention a bit about how there is a, a planner and a doer but when mm-hmm. the doer comes into the state of also being the planner and especially mm-hmm. it comes true for insurance because there is a renewal cycle as well so how do you mm-hmm. make doer at that time also you know do mm-hmm. things correctly as a planner for their future self see there's again i'm going back to the choice architecture because right. whenever we have to renew like the insurance is usually for a year right, right. so right. we we go back to renewing um, right. that again you will have the service provider would have to use choice architecture how do you motivate the person to send or nudge the person to right. renew so right. it's all going to be about how that choice is presented to them sure all right so you mean to say that the choice between renewing and not renewing are not the only two choices that are there in the spectrum because otherwise then it's a just a yes and no yeah because i can if i don't what if someone other insurance company approaches me right like so for car insurance i don't have to stick to the same right insurance company right but sometimes you get that no claim bonus and you get other stuff right right or okay so this is i'm going a little off topic but i have a personal connect with that insurance agent right he calls me and says you know your thing is coming up he reassures right. me it's like he's taking my mental burden off like that cognitive right. load is making it light for me right right, right? so he's on top of it so i just kind of okay he's on top of it let me just give him the check yes so i renew with him so in right. a case where there is no person and right. like you can send a mail or you send a notification or reminder that okay your thing is uh, policy is going to expire soon right but you have to make the choice so basically we are very sensitive to losses right okay we are very very loss averse in all domains of our life so if you can represent the choice as a 
loss versus a gain in right. some way okay so i give right. a really different kind of example but if you have a magazine subscription and sub for yeah. renewal they always tell right. you where a discount if you renew versus the right. mrp right correct so, correct something along those lines right understood understood so that's interesting and actually that the especially for health insurance as a category uh, you know where as you rightly mentioned there is a cumulative cumulative bonus and there are some advantages like for example you cover a certain waiting period if you have a pre-existing illness but if you buy the policy again or basically discontinue and repurchase it you probably would have to go through the waiting period again yes yes uh, yes so the other loss i mean what i think the loss yeah so exactly you yeah. highlight that as the loss yes and then you also but you have to have the gain along with it correct correct because you don't want to scare people <laughs> they don't they don't want to make a decision out of fear yes yes interesting uh so you know like health insurance is one category of insurance which is not mandated right so you make the choice for yourself and that is why probably the penetration is lower because the choice is up to you yes, uh but yes, when it comes yes. to you know car bike and international travel insurance basically where there is a mandatory component like even if you are traveling for visa requirements the insurance part is mandatory correct, correct. car and bike obviously because you are driving the car that is mandated uh but there also the thing the issue that you know we face is that uh people are often fickle about uh, you know where which you know plan they want to continue with which is why a lot of hopping is what we see out here mm-hmm. also the other aspect the second aspect that we see here here is that people are very price sensitive so i want to go with the cheapest option i just want to you know because it's mandatory i just want to get it done and that is not the same behavior of course prices across i think for all humans we are all sensitive sensitive price doesn't matter which category but at the same time here the optimization is more on price and less on the benefits that i'm getting right so right okay. how do how does the mind function here that when the, there is a mandatory choice in financial planning right. which needs to be optimized for better long term benefits how do i okay. nudge the person to make you know buy a better plan and just mm-hmm. because mandatory not just go for the cheapest one so how does that maneuvering happen okay so first of all when it's mandatory and we are forced yes. to buy correct oh. so we have a tendency like cognitively what we do is label you know all these expenses right the so moment you make me you force me to spend yes i'm labeling it in a negative way as a loss right okay so now you understand now immediately my decision context has become okay this any way i'm making a lo- like i'm forced to do it it's a loss let me minimize right. that loss by choosing the cheapest right. option right right okay this is where this is what is happening hmm. so how are you going to nudge is basically once you they're already in that loss frame like in their mind in that context then you again it's the, again the choice architecture it's a very powerful thing okay so you bring it in okay these are your like the prices and somehow you have to maybe graphically visually rather than just using words mm-hmm. show that there is benefit to the more expensive policies in some way sure right uh, because i'm saying visually because it's easier to understand visual i don't have to use my cognitive abilities you know keeping it a very simple pictorial kind of a thing will probably work better sure so you mean you mean to say that you know the deduction part of it we do it for the customer so that they can mm-hmm. you know use it better that this is 
this is something which is advantageous for me this is the minimum possible because you know this is mm-hmm. mandated by but this is what is actually giving me advantage right yes so you change the you have to change their focus from just the amount to okay right. at this amount give more information right so that uh, they're not only looking at the amount and just uh, you know a sub question there you mentioned information uh mm-hmm. dr shisha how much information is good information like and uh, since you've been working on retirement planning which i think is something which where the return versus the investment time period is pretty huge so yes. how do you, in that case uh, you know work on the choices that we're giving how do we balance and not have a choice paradox for the person even if framing is there see information nowadays you can't even control how much information you get yes right but there is a thing information overload is a thing correct so then we become picky about what we will pay attention to and what we will not pay attention to so that's like that's on one side and as far as uh, choice overload all the research not just mine but lots of research in this area i mean there's some optimum a uh, number of choices especially when it comes to financial products i so, think four or five at a time where people just cannot deal with anything more than that it leads to decision paralysis like they just walk away from making the choice so this is how much three or four is actually best because then the person feels like yes there is a choice but it's not too much that i get overwhelmed and i don't make the choice also true so i i completely agree with you i think this not just for financial planning i think this choice uh, paradox or overload is mm. a when if you enter a mall and you see yeah. you know, an array full of perfumes you will not be able to decide yeah. that is why perfume. online shopping sorry to interrupt that online right. shopping is so much easier because we have filters <laughs> right? right so right that, that helps us reduce the number of options correct no, so no options correct correct so uh, dr shilisha thank you so much uh, and uh, i really hope that we can connect sometime more and hopefully till that time you know the people or or we will be able to apply some of these conversations that we had uh, sure. thank you thank you tanya it was a pleasure